The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. That's Weird Al Yankovic with I'm Fat, which is a parody of Michael Jackson's bad good one lines. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I DJ guess, Gary. Yeah, as you will have guessed, today's show is about weight loss, and I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotelo. Welcome to you, Lions. Thank you, Gary, and Dumela to our podcasters and everybody who's listening to us right now. Can you believe that song has had 40 million views on YouTube? I can imagine. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lionel, it's no secret that uh, we in South Africa are a nation of fatties. Mm-hmm. And a high percentage of South African women are overweight, as we often see. And there are big boops in men, which is very common. Some say the reason could be that we eat too much pop and flace. I tell you. That was real LaRue. And Fikey, Pop and Flace, it's a remix of Poker Face. Our two guests in studio today have lost a fortune of weight, and we're going to hear all about it. They've had weight loss surgery. Wow. Leslie has lost 50 Ks and, and still counting. Yo. And Tess has lost over 100 Ks at some Jeez. point. Jeez. I think she's, no, she's not counting anymore. I think she's done. Wow. That's remarkable, Gary. Yeah, let's introduce them both. Tessa Castle, welcome to you, Tessa. Thank you, Gary. Lionel. Yeah, and Leslie Ann Bennett. Hello, Gary. Lovely to be here. Tessa Castle, at your highest weight, you weighed in at, as the, in boxing parlance, 146 kilograms. A true heavyweight. Ma- Mark Tyson would be scared. <laughs> what is your height? Uh, I'm about four foot naught. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm 161 uh, centimeters, so that's one meter 61. So I'm quite short. At school, what were you like? No, I was I was an athletic kid. I was a great teenager. Wore a size 32 to my matric farewell. Uh, the, I had no problem with weight. I've never until my late 20s. Okay, so as a child, you were cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Although there is a photograph of me with uh, big black letters on a white T-shirt that says fats, and I hadn't even learned how to walk, and I had chubby legs. So I suppose it was predestined that I would actually um, become a big fatty. Let's talk a bit about life. Uh, You've had weight loss surgery. It's no secret. And your picture, your before and after picture has been splashed all over the place. So everyone's going to listen to this show and see what you looked like and what you look like now. I mean, I've known you for many years and you look absolutely stunning. Oh, Gary, thank you. You're buttering me up. Tess, uh, we're going to talk to both of you, Leslie Ann as well, but let's just ask you, what was life like before the op when you realized that you were getting fatter and fatter and, in fact, obese? Well, um, it became an issue when I had to travel, especially uh, on airplanes, because I'd be sitting in the middle seat and there would be no seat next to me. And then I would see this fit, buff, bodybuilding, gorgeous, divine Hollywood movie actor 
coming down the aisle and he would realize, oh dear God, there's a Buddha-like bitch next to me and she's <laughs> spilling over into my seat and what the fuck am I going to do? And you get that look. You get that look like, oh dear God, what the fuck have I just done? I've booked a seat next to Buddha and, and it would be absolutely intimidating and it would be soul destroying. Um, I had a flight once uh, where I was seated right behind business class and needed a seatbelt extender. But sadly, that aircraft did not have a seatbelt extender. I couldn't do the seatbelt up. So they wanted to kick me off the flight because if you don't have a seatbelt for CAA regulations, they won't let you fly. Mm. So it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Being a fatty was no fun at all, except the amount of food that you can get in. So... You've married, and you've been married for many years, haven't you? Yes. To the same man, Philip. Yes. Okay. What did your husband, when he married you, were you thin or fat? No, I was. Uh, I, I clocked in at about 116, and he is myopic, so he obviously didn't see that. <laughs> so we walked down the aisle. Well, when I came down the aisle in my blue wedding dress, I think he just thought to himself, oh, shit, I've paid for this wedding. I'm going to have to go through with it. But I looked like a swamp donkey. So, yeah, the same man, and I was, I was fat for a majority of, of the time that I've been married to him. Did he ever complain about it? Did he ever say, Tess, you know, you're getting, you're getting a bit fatter by the day and you better take care of yourself? Or? When it came for me to apply for income protection, um, that's when the, that's when he realized that it was serious because the comorbidities were unbelievable. I was a type 2 diabetic. I had cholesterol. I had high blood pressure, mm. polycystic ovarian syndrome. So obviously we couldn't have kids. Otherwise you were well. No, I was yeah. well. There was no problem. Absolutely no. So he, he, he obviously kept quiet about it. Shame. He's sweet like that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't him who prompted you or pushed you into having weight loss surgery, was it? No, not at all. No. What, what was it? Is there like a point where you reach, you say, I'm done, I have to change my life. What was that breaking point for you? I had a rock bottom, but a serious rock bottom. I came home one evening and uh, late from work, he was in the bath. And you know, as married couples do, they want to connect with each other. And um, he was lying in the bath and I thought, well, I'm going to ask him about his day, shame, you know, just like be the, be the attentive wife. And I put the cover of the toilet seat down and I was going to sit on the toilet seat next to the bath. And I sat on the toilet seat cover and within about a minute, it shattered into about 10 oh. pieces. <laughs> Sorry. It, the shards, the shards were, were serious, were so seriously sharp that I had like, um, you know, back passage problems. A prick, <laughs> yeah, uh, a like, prick up your bum. A prick up my bum. Absolutely. So, so that was my breaking point because that happened in front of four dogs, one cat and a husband. How the hell do you, 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 how do you come back from that? He didn't ask you to bath with him, did you? Good Lord, I couldn't fit in the bath, Gary. <laughs> with or without him? With or without. There was absolutely no way. I used to displace the water and flood the house when I got in. So, Tess, what, you should do stand-up comedy. What was it like when socializing before your weight loss op- surgery? Did you go out eating a lot and, you know, what was life all about? Well, socializing was hard because I would obviously, you know, get the, the, the disapproving looks, but, Going to black tie functions for me was excruciating. Donna, Claire, 
does not do fat chick cocktail dresses. So there was no dress. It was tensoras and it was always flat shoes and I looked shocking. It was, it was terrible and everyone else looked like a, a, a supermodel. Did you pile into the buffet as well? Climbed into the start, well, the canapes first. I would like make sure that I had uh, like a full, like a full drive through of canapes. Mm. I'd have the starters. I'd eat my main. I'd eat Phil's main, my husband's main. I'd have the dessert. <laughs> By the time we left, I'd be so ravenous. I'd make him take me through <laughs> to a 24 hour drive through, um, shame the dollhouse or McDonald's and I would load up on Grays again <laughs> and I just, I would hoover it in over and over and over. And then of course there was the night eating. Mm-hmm. So the night eating was a three o'clock like full Monty. Mm-hmm. So it just was constant. So t- you reached a point where you were how much overweight? Is it a hundred kilos? Is it as much as that? Well, no, it's about ninety kilos overweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's that really yeah. is obese, isn't it? Yeah. Is termed obese. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could be a tarted prop for the spring <laughs> box. Liz. You're sitting very quietly. So many people are saying, how do I get thin? I I also want to look great. Is weight loss surgery the only option? Well, I want to tell you that most things come pretty easily to me. Um, I don't have to try too hard to do things. But the one thing I never conquered was losing weight. I just Mm. simply could not get the better of it. I guess I didn't really want to, actually. Um, I wasn't in, you've got to be in the right place to want to lose weight. Food is your best friend, I guess, and that's your, that was your whole life. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a big mm. loss when you have the surgery and, uh, from one day to the next, your best friend is gone and you will never ever eat like that again. Tess, what about you to the many, many people listening to the show that are overweight? Is this the only option? I'm going to say yes. If you have a significant amount of weight to lose and your BMI is in excess of 40. So it it is definitely the only way because significant weight loss is not sustainable. Did you try every diet under the sun? Um, I have a study in which I have a bookshelf of shelf help books because they've been on the shelf and I've never actually (laughs) read them. But every conceivable diet under the sun, I have done it. I'm a, I have a PhD in it. I have mm. really, but it's never, ever, ever been sustainable. Hmm. Counting points on Weight Watchers is soul destroying. So, yeah, so many women may feel, and I say women because you're both women, may feel they're quite happy being a little overweight. They're loved by their husbands. They're accepted by their friends. So the hell what? You know, at what point does one say, you know, enough's enough? Well, I guess when it becomes unmanageable, mm-hmm. where it affects all spheres of your life, because, you know, what we do, what Les and I do for a living is I see employees that are grossly overweight, who fall asleep at their desks, who break chairs, who it affects your performance. And because of your comorbidities, like high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, you're obviously going to be off more. Mm. And, and that the cost of that is prohibitive. So mm. fix the weight loss and you won't have to do all of the other stuff. Has your business improved since you've thinned down and you are looking sprightly and young, younger? Yes, I tell you why, because mm. it's the perception. Mm. The perception that my clients used to hold is that, oh dear God, fat chicks are lazy. Wow. We can't give her anything to do because she's not going to be productive. She won't be able to do it. And you know what? It's not visually appealing. Sure. However, after weight loss surgery, that perception has changed. Mm. 
And that I found so sad because I haven't changed. My productivity and my knowledge hasn't changed, but mm. the perception my clients hold now has changed. Well, there's certainly eye candy now. People <laughs> look at you and they say, you're nice to look at. We want you around more often. So I guess you get, you get to get more clients as a result of this. Mm, no, I'm not a prostitute, <laughs> but yes, I suppose that could be true. Let's talk about your surgery. It is the gastric bypass, which is mm. predominantly um, the most um, common of the weight loss surgeries. This one is where the duodenum, which is the part of your intestine, is bypassed and a little pouch is made the size of a large egg or a nachi and that's used with staples and sutures. Then the part of the intestine is then, is, is then stuck to the little pouch that is created. Now this is restrictive surgery in that you can't eat a lot, but it's also called malabsorptive surgery. Whereas some of the intestine is bypassed so that your absorption of food is dramatically reduced. Mm -hmm. And it's the absorption of food that causes the being overweight. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if we're looking at that, it is done laparoscopically, which is not open surgery. Your recovery time is is within two weeks you're done. Mm -hmm. Three days you're out of hospital. Explain it in very simple terms. Well, when, when you sit down and have a meal yeah. and there's a hamburger in front of you, yeah. how much of that hamburger can you eat? Well, in the beginning, uh, probably a quarter of that hamburger mm. and with chips or without? Oh no, dear God, no chips. No chips. No chips. No, oh, you mm. can't even stomach yeah. chips. chips that's, over, yeah. that's like eating sawdust. You just can't do it. You're incapable of doing it. However, yeah. I do have a friend whose first solid meal was mashing up steers chips. And she had this operation. Unfortunately mm. it's not a success for her though, sadly. But um well, because she mashed up chips. Well, she ma well, that was her first solid meal. I mean, mm. your first solid meal should be mashed potato and mince, very, very saucy, because of your stomach is swollen. But mm. after, three months after recovery, you you just cannot physically tolerate it. There's no space to put it, so it's 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 impossible. Mm. But a quarter of a hamburger, however, those little hamburgers at McDonald's, those kiddies ones, yes. you can probably do a half of that. But then, I mean, I used to have that and stuff it in the side of my cheeks and then <laughs> get another one and stuff that in the other side of the cheeks. Okay, so right now, mm. well, you, you, how many years post the operation? In July, it'll be five. Okay. Mm. Is, has it got better? Can you consume more now or is it the same as it was Post-op, immediately post-op. No, it unfortunately yeah. hasn't gotten better, mm. um, but that's a great thing. I struggle to eat a small side plate of food at any given time. Are you hungry? Do you walk around hungry like we do? Or? No, because oh. the gastric bypass works on something called ghrelin, which is a hormone that your body secretes. Mm. And ghrelin is your hormone that signals you're hungry. You know the rumble in the tummy? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I need to eat. So that's ghrelin. And the bypass affects the secretion of the ghrelin. So sometimes you're not even hungry and you must force yourself to eat because that, that just disappears. Mm -hmm. It disappears. But if I've gone for 10 or 11 hours without eating, obviously I'm going to feel a bit peckish. But th that's just taken away, that compulsion 
biologically is taken away. What does this cost? Otherwise, we'd all do it. And does the, <laughs> does the medical aid contribute? Well, um, Mine this, did. this yeah. the center, my, my, five years ago, my medical aid did not. Mm. So they wouldn't contribute a cent. I needed mm. to give a declaration to, to my surgeon that I had, uh, 250,000 rand available for the procedure. And of course, for any complications that may have arisen. Cheapest, yeah. But uh, I'm happy to say that uh, the majority of medical aides now have realised, from an actuarial point of view, that the surgery actually cost-wise benefits the medical aid. So the majority of su- uh, of medical aids do pay for it. Is Discovery paying for this? Yes, Discovery pays. In full, completely? No, about 80%. Oh, really? Um, oh. And what you can do is uh, the 20% that you can't afford, there's a finance house who will be able to finance it in terms of a, um, a revolving credit plan, and you can take out mm. a loan for that. Mm. The surgery is expensive. Um, How much is it? Well, um, uh, man, man. Yours was five years ago. Yes. Les, yours was recent, two years ago. Yeah, less than two years ago. It was two hundred and eighty thousand rand two years ago, and I'm on Discovery, and they paid eighty percent. So I paid in, um, I paid in about seventy thousand rand in the end because um. It could be cheaper than than diet uh, supplements and diet pills and all the rest. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to pick up on your question about, no. is this the easy way out? Yes. Because I think that's an important question. Mm. Um, my surgery has been very successful and, and I think Tessa's has too, but there are a lot of people who are not successful at this. Um, and, um, why? Well, first of all, they, they do, they do a psychometric test on you to see whether you actually have the ability to cope with this mind shift. Because remember, you're eating these huge platters of food down to this tiny little plate, and it's a huge mind shift. Mm. It took me about 12, 12 to 18 months to be able to walk into a normal store and go to a normal pair of pants and not like veer off to Donna Claire. We're probably going to get a lawyer's letter from Donna Claire. I know, Claire. we will. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, so it takes a long time to do the mind shift that you're not this big person anymore, that you're actually a normal person now. So it's not the easy way out at all. In fact, I think it actually takes a lot of courage. Mm. It's actually not the easy way out, and it's not for everybody either. There's a question talking about skin. You've you've lost all this weight. What about your body skin? What happens to that? Well, can I comment on that? Please. Um, Unfortunately, I had extreme excess skin, which is also a TLC program with fat people who lose significant amounts of weight. I looked like a stray dog that had had too many litters of puppies. I lost all of my breast tissue. My my tits dropped to under my belly button. My belly button dropped to under my ankles. I was slipping. I was tripping over my stomach because I had lost everything. Mm-hmm. So and when I got the okay from my surgeon um, to say, all right, now you can have plastic surgery, mm-hmm. I, I did my boobs and I, and I bought myself a beautiful set. In fact, no, sorry, Phil bought me a beautiful set. Phil is your husband. Yes, Phil yeah. is my husband. Well, I hope not yes. someone else's husband. Yeah. yeah no, my, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> We got a gorgeous set of boobs that I'd never had before, and mm. I had my stomach done. And in June, I'm going to have my final surgery, which is the inside of the thighs, which looks like um, a crumpled up newspaper. <laughs> the skin hangs on the inside. When when I'm tr- when I'm when I'm bent over, 
looking through my legs, you know, uh, and I see the skin that hangs off and, and my bingo wings with this, with this like loose chicken skin and, and, and what's underneath my, my chin. It's just, it's, it's shocking. It's terrible. It's not visually appealing at all and it affects my confidence. So plastic surgery is definitely something you may need to consider. Mm. They don't tell you what you're going to look like after the surgery. And that's the problem. Okay, cool. What about your, your marriage, your, your love life, your sex life? Has it got better? Has it got worse? What's happening there? How does your husband regard you? How are things? Well, um, let's talk about the most relevant, my sex life. Mm -hmm. Before, um, I could only lie on my back <laughs> and my boobs disappeared into my armpits. So, so clearly he's not a boob man because they disappeared into my armpits because that's what happens when you're just overweight. Your tits just disappear into your armpits when you lie back. One good thing though was if I, if I managed to, to keep my legs in the air for long enough, they look better with the legs in the air than they did if I was standing up. Um, your stomach becomes a cushion if he's got bad knees, then it becomes a cushion on which you can sort of, you know, like a beach ball, just float over and over. But, but, but I wasn't into, into having sex. Uh, it was just, it was just from a confidence point of view, it was terrible. And I'm, my husband's 60, 61, but has the, the libido of a 17 year old. So that used to put a, a strain on our marriage. Now, um, yes, okay, it's so much better, it's, 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 in fact, unbelievable, it's unbelievable, we do it, we, we, we do it regularly, and, and my confidence is better, I feel better, but my libido has increased, which is fantastic, mm. so from a sex life point of view, it can only get better, I wanted wow. to say that, um, I was, uh, I was scheduled for a gastroscopy so that, so that we could have a look in terms of how ready I was for the surgery and what was going on down there. And, uh, Prof. Tess and Gary Fetter consult after hours. And I was, I actually sat in the waiting room for a long time, but I, I, you know, you have to prepare for a procedure the night before you have to stop eating at a certain time and stop mm. drinking. So I said to the, the two of them, what is the absolute last minute that I can graze? Mm. And uh, it was 10 o'clock, mm. 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And I was having, I had to, I had to go clean, um, cold turkey, and I had to be at the hospital by six o'clock the next morning. It was half past eight at night. I raced out of that parking lot. I don't even think security could even stop me. I raced out of there. I drove so fast to the closest 24-hour wimpy that I could find. Ooh. I got a double <laughs> cheese and bacon burger, <laughs> an extra large portion of chaps, and a double thick strawberry milkshake. I didn't even take my shoes or my bra off because when you're a fat girl, your bra it kills you. you. The first thing you do when you race home is you take your bra off because you can't breathe. Your tits are so constricted. So I raced at home. I, I hoovered in that burger so quickly because I was watching the clock and I managed to finish it at half past nine, just in time. The next morning when I had my procedure, I was shaken awake by the anaesthetist who was screaming at me saying, what was the last time you ate? What was the last time you ate? Gary Fetter hauled me over the coals because what I had done was I hadn't chewed my food properly. Mm. 
<laughs> the food was still undigested in my stomach at 10 oh. o'clock in the morning mm. because I had this compulsion to eat. And to, to go without it was absolutely mind-boggling for me. So I put them at risk and I put myself at risk. This yeah. is not for sissies. Absolutely not. Yeah. But, but is so rewarding mm. and, and can be done. And there's so many support groups. Okay. To our listeners, uh, thanks so much for listening. It's, you've been listening to Tessa Castle and Leslie Ann Bennett. Terrific stories. Love amazing these stories. You're amazing. Cliffcentral.com.